Hi everyone, welcome to Life After Love Gone Wrong. We're Sandra Fava and Catherine Nunziata, two family law attorneys from Fox Rothschild, an AmLaw 100 firm with offices all over the country, in New Jersey and beyond. We are here to ask and answer the tough questions about family law topics like divorce, custody, prenups, and all sorts of other family law issues which may come up in your life that you need to be informed about. We recognize that if you are involved with a family law issue, your life doesn't begin or end with the law. We are bringing you this Legal Lifestyle Podcast to answer your questions about a difficult process while helping you live your life to the fullest along the way. Family law matters are no laughing matter, but we hope to bring some levity, transparency, and dare I say, fun to these difficult topics. We hope you enjoy this podcast designed to help you through life after love gone wrong. Hello there, and welcome back to the Life After Love podcast. We're Catherine and Sandra, family law attorneys from the lovely Garden State of New Jersey, here to help answer the tough, but important questions about divorce that no one wants to talk about, but everyone wants to know. Today, we are going to focus on a few buzzwords you may already be familiar with, mediation, arbitration, and collaborative divorce. I think it's fair to say that many non-lawyers can easily get confused by these terms. So let's start with the basics. Each of these are alternative forms of dispute resolution. Traditionally, legal disputes are hashed out either in a courtroom by a judge or jury making a decision or by mutual agreement of the people at odds. As times have changed, the number of legal disputes have grown. Out of the need to try to move cases quicker to resolution and with the goal to reduce the mental, emotional, and financial toll traditional litigation takes on parties, the various areas of alternate dispute resolution have grown. So what Sandra is saying is that each of these types of alternative dispute resolution allow people to resolve their differences in a more cooperative way than traditional litigation allows. It sounds great. Who wouldn't want that? Well, there are a few tales of caution and considerations to mull over before you decide whether and when one of these alternative routes is the right fit for you and the legal issues you are facing. True. Let's start with the differences between them. Mediation in family law matters in New Jersey can happen one of two ways. Parties can either voluntarily agree to participate or they're required to do so by the court. This choice can happen at any time in the case, but timing may impact how other issues are handled. For example, if you wait until the week before you're supposed to have a trial, you may need to withdraw your complaint if the court won't move those trial dates. Cases can begin with mediation, or it can happen along the way. I believe this depends on the issues at play and personalities involved. And some cases are too complex or emotionally charged early on to head straight into mediation. Parties may need time to accept what's happening. Information may need to be shared or experts involved to value assets, income, or a business. All very true. As with most things, timing is everything. If one side hasn't even had the chance to process the fact that their spouse wants to end the relationship, they may not be in the right frame of mind to jump right into mediation. It's important to be honest with where you are emotionally when you're making the decision about when to mediate. While mediation can save time and money from general litigation, if you aren't in the right frame of mind, don't have the necessary information, 
or don't use a mediator with experience with the issues pertinent to your life and family, you'll likely end up spending even more money because those efforts will have to be duplicated. And it's also a general requirement that parties divorcing in New Jersey participate in what is called the Matrimonial Early Settlement Program. You may hear it called ESP for short. Resulting from attendance at that program is two free hours of mediation with a mediator that's selected from a list of court-approved mediators. These individuals have received intensive, specific training and have been certified as mediators. Like me! They volunteer two hours of their time to help the courts settle cases. If after the two free hours, the parties want to continue in mediation, they can choose to do so, but then they must begin to pay for the services. I think that fairly covers the basics of mediation. We could spend a lot of time getting into the details and what-if situations, but then we wouldn't be able to talk about the other forms of dispute resolution. Like arbitration, which is purely voluntary, meaning that the family court in New Jersey cannot require you to arbitrate any or all of the issues in your case. Arbitration can be analogized to hiring a private judge. Maybe you're thinking, why would I do that when I pay taxes and have free judges in the county where I live who will handle my case? A few considerations. One, the courts throughout New Jersey are very busy. Read any New Jersey news publication and you will find a piece about the shortage of judges throughout the state. Less judges and the same or more legal filings leads to the natural conclusion of delay, exhaustion, frustration, and higher chance for human error. Paying for an arbitration not only gives you control over scheduling, but also allows you to, to select someone who has the experience and is well-versed in the issues relative to your life and family. They are not distracted by hundreds of other cases on their docket and will focus on the issues. Keep in mind that there are different types of arbitration, binding versus non-binding, and if binding, how appeals will happen. You can limit the issues presented to the arbitrator, Parties and their counsel have control over the scheduling and the speed of which issues are resolved. Arbitrators also tend to be retired judges or practicing attorneys, so there's a lot of flexibility here. And last but not least is collaborative divorce. This is also completely voluntary and a New Jersey court cannot require you to participate in this process. Collaborative divorce is just what it sounds like. Parties work together with a group of selected professionals to resolve their issues collaboratively. For example, there are attorneys who practice collaborative divorce and are part of groups of attorneys recognized for this work. Other professionals involved may include mental health professionals, accountants, or financial advisors. The parties choosing to participate in collaborative divorce sign an agreement to do so. Generally, this agreement precludes these experts from serving as individually retained experts by either party if the collaborative divorce process is unsuccessful and the parties move to litigation. Collaborative divorce is a great option for families, but I give the same caveat as before when we were discussing mediation. Parties who are emotionally, mentally, and financially ready to deal with the disassembling of their personal lives will have the highest success rates in alternative dispute resolution. And with that, I think we've covered the three common types of alternate dispute resolution, and hopefully we've provided you, our listeners, with some clarification and dispelled any myths that you may have heard. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Life After Love. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you have any feedback about what we discussed or ideas for future topics that you'd like us to cover, 
please email us at lifeafterlove at foxrothschild.com. Until next time, we're Sandra and Catherine, here to help you through Life After Love.